Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to We The Switch Podcast and Infinite Talks with Erica Peel. Today I have a special guest. Uh, I have uh, one of the local DJs that's been doing it for a long time. He's taking care of business, making sure he's taking care of himself, his health, like you can check. He's even scared of using, uh, not using the mask while we're doing the interview. So <laughs> special shout outs to Mr. Spick. Spinning Chris Garza, a.k.a. Juan Blasco in the building. What's up, Juan? How you doing? Good, good, man. How you doing? How's everything? Doing great, man. It's good to have you on. Thanks for having time for us today. I'm really looking forward to this interview. This guy, uh, everybody, this guy's been doing, been, been a DJ in Laredo, Texas for maybe probably as old as I am. I don't know. We're going to get into that today. But I, I have major respect for him today because... Um, his, he's been a good role model for not only us in, in the podcasting game, but also the DJs all over the, the radio area. And we're going to get into his background, see where he's from. I know he reps Chicago. That's why I'm wearing my shirt today, Chicago in the building. And I'm wearing my hat. We're going to get into that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. Welcome welcome to the, the podcast, man. Good to have you on today. And Looking forward to this good interview. So what, what's going on with Mr. Spinning Chris today? Uh, no, no, just like I said, just uh, I've been staying at home. I haven't been going out. Uh, you know, I recently, like maybe a couple weeks ago, started actually venturing out and leaving the home for a change. But, um, you know, but. Uh, you know, this this thing really threw everybody for a loop. Um, as you see, I was supposed to have like you know all black here, but staying <laughs> home, being a teacher, uh, man, I have mad respect for teachers now. Man, I, I, every day was four hours with my son on stuff. I had no idea what that was doing, but you know what? I got through it with a lot of help with a lot of friends. So. Uh, <laughs> Mad respect all the teachers. So no, but like, I'm I'm still working on um, you know, uh, due to the COVID nineteen, um, I was uh, sent home from Getter Communications. Uh, the reason why they sent me home was for the simple fact is I have a son, and uh, and uh, someone needed to take care of him, so that's why I came home. However, I'm still doing mixes. Uh, I do mixes for fun. I don't do it to how to compete and this and nah, that's a stress relief. So I do it for fun. It's like a passion thing for you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it again, we'll 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 get in. The one thing about this interview is gonna be no holes barred. All right, man. Any any question you got off the top of your head you wanna ask, this is the only time I will as closely as 100% truly can answer it. There are certain sure. things, um, statute limitations, I still need to wait a couple of years before. <laughs> yeah. but, but everything's fair game. Everything's fair game. Hey guys, you're here to hear first. Infinite Talks. <laughs> we, we the Switch Podcast. Hey guys, no, for real, man. Um, growing up, it was crazy how uh, we. I used to listen to you, dude, like, and uh, it was crazy that you would play a lot of music that was not from here. And uh, I was wondering, where did you get that inspiration to play music? Because I know, like, in the midnight hours, you would play, like, the most random music. I was like, what? I've never heard that. Before. This is when I was, like, 9 or 10 years old, man. 
Oh, well, that shows my age. Um, hey, but but you're no, no. I'm talking about maybe like eleven. But you're from Chicago, right? Or uh, technically, I am from the suburbs of Chicago. I'm from Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Gary. No, yeah, I, I, I never knew Michael Jackson. I know where his house was. I never, never hung out with him. We weren't that close. <laughs> um, so I, that's the first thing. I, do you know Michael Jackson? No, I don't know Michael Jackson. No. <laughs> but um, I grew up in Gary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here's the thing. And, and uh, I grew up in Gary uh, off uh, 1133 Wright Street. 11th and right and I was the only Hispanic kid for the radius of about 15 blocks everybody else was black and I got called the honky what but you grew up in the african-american neighborhood and you were the only Mexican for about 15 blocks radius 15 blocks wow and then you were the honky which which was a a term you know they called you know the anglos white people you know but um, you were you're actually mexican they didn't know that about you mexican i was <laughs> like really <laughs> so, i didn't i didn't get it um you know but that was a lot of the major influence when i was growing up um and um a lot of people never knew about this but uh, I used to sneak out of the house on Saturday nights, and I would tell my mom, I'm going to go be with my friend down the street. I, there was a, uh, a roller rink called Screaming Wheels, and I would go there, not to skate, but I would hang out with the DJ, and the dude would throw down some of the most insane music, and it was, it was a great learning platform. And then as I got older, I was that weird kid in middle school that would sit next to the DJ instead of dancing with all his friends. I would sit and study this dude. By the time I was in eighth grade, I was actually DJing. Dude, so what? Where were you during this era? Like this era where you're still in, Indiana, in Gary, Indiana? I I I went to a school called. I went to the town next over, which was called Hammond, and in Hammond, that's where uh, that's where I was educated. This is where uh, everything was going down. This is where, where you were like DJing and or like learning the the skills of uh, in the trade. Yeah, no, no, that, that's how everything came down, and that's where I learned, you know, uh, you know the the passion for what it is. And the thing is, this my mom would uh, she would catch me listening to the radio at midnight. You know, and like, why am I there? You know, I was like, oh, come on, mom, this is cool. And I would listen to the radio till like almost two o'clock in the morning. Now, I was in middle school doing this. So, what are you listening to? Like, what kind of music? I was, my dad had uh, what was called a shortwave radio. It was a huge um, three foot box, <laughs> and it had 15 buttons. Okay, and I had learned you can take the antenna out and I would connect it to the fence. So my whole backyard was an antenna. So I could hear all kinds of music. I was hearing stuff from New York. I was hearing stuff from Mexico, Canada, California. And I, I, I would just sit there and God, 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 just, 
15 minutes here, 15 minutes here, and let's, you know. Wow. So, like, during this time you were li listening to all kinds of music, was there, like, hip-hop, like, early stages of hip-hop, and, like, like the whole, uh, what do you call that music? That the house music house music yeah house music yeah no that, that's you know and then i was in once i went into high school uh i think it was like my my sophomore year i started helping these guys out a friend of mine said hey you want to you want to make a couple extra bucks and dance i'm like oh yeah well, what am i doing no no um there was these two guys uh Jesse Seha and I wanna say um uh Jesse Barracas. And these guys got together. Uh they were uh Purdue University students and they would call themselves the Jesse Connection. And they would rent the National Guard Armory and every month they would throw a team dance. <laughs> I would go and help these guys out. And I learned how the how they were doing it. Uh, and that's where I, you know, we look back now and it's like, I, that's where I ran into bad boy, Bill, Julian Perez, um, Mark, Jack, Funk, you know, and it's like, I, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. And these guys were, you know, on WBFX, you know, Oak Park, Chicago, you know, or WBBL, Killer B, United States, you know, and, and I remember that one. I remember that one. And I was like, wow, these are, these are them, you know? And my junior year, Jesse Seha came up to me and says, hey, man, um, well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad it was a good ride. But you know what, though? Enjoy it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He had gotten a job, and he was going to California. He graduated from Purdue University, and he got a gig. And the other Jesse got a job in New York. And he's like, well, and he took off. So there was this void my senior year. I'm like, do I take up the mantle on this? Because no one else was going to do it. So I decided, you know what, let me try it. And I did my first dance. And then that turned out to be a success. What? Now, here's the, thing. here's the thing. I was doing dances every month. And I was hiring that. I remember hiring Bad Boy Bill for one hour for 300 bucks. Ah, I mean, you get Bad Boy Bill now, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, mean no. <laughs> so here's, here's what happened. I, I was doing these dances, and then a buddy of mine says, hey, um, uh, his name was, uh, his name is Rafael Ochoa, aka Pony Boy, and Pony Boy today is a rapper for a group called Los Marihuanos in Las Vegas, and Technically, Pony Boy was my first DJ partner. And he's like, hey, man, you want to wanna make a couple extra bucks? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. There was a club. No, not a club. More like a bar in East Chicago, Indiana called El Pajaro Loco. Every Sunday night from 9 o'clock at night to 2 in the morning, nothing but 70s. And that's where I got my... That's where I learned about all my 70s music, from soul, pop, funk, to, you know, and that was, that was a great thing. Um, on, the, on the plus side, like, I had friends that were working their senior year in high school. I worked at McDonald's. I worked all weekend. 
I made 50 bucks. And the other one, I was at Burger King and I made 60 bucks. What about you? I go, nah, I just did a dance on Friday night. Oh, how did I find out for you? Nah, I made 4,000. <laughs> no. Crazy. That's crazy. For an 18 year old, that's a lot of money, man. Brand that was so funny. It's a lot you of know, money. Now, now, here's the other side of this. Now, here's what a lot of people don't know. My dad, uh, who was uh, working at the skin mills in East Chicago, had suffered an accident. So he had to go on disability pension. Okay. So what happened was no money was coming in. So I had to think, do I get serious with sports or do I get serious with the music? And sports wasn't going to make any money, so I went with the music. So every month I was paying the bills. You know, and that's why I learned, like, Dad, what's this? It's a water bill. But we paid that last month. No, it comes every month. Every month. What? what do you mean it comes every month? I go, what's this? No, it's a light bill. Light bill? What the? F this comes every month, too? Yeah, it comes every month. Son of a... And then, what's this? That's the gas. For the cars? No, no, for the house. Every month? Every month, me goes, son of a bitch, man. So, you know, you know, it, it was... It was an eye-opening experience, man. And you know what? I thank God every gig I did was a success. Because if one gig would have just flopped, oh, my God. I have no idea how I would have recovered. At 18 years old, like, okay, well, you know what? The hall was $400. The rental of the equipment was $300. Uh, the DJ, you know, like if I invited Bill or Farley or uh fast eddie okay that was another 300 and then i had to pay for the security and then i had to pay for the people who were selling the drinks and taking the money and then i had to pay for the custodian at the end of the night i mean it's like if one gig would have went wrong i would have freaked so there you go and and uh that's that's what's where the music started and yeah, like I said, I, it's, it's, you know, I'm trying, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a decision I made to, to get into it, but I appreciated everything that happened with it, so. That, I give you so much, so much props, man, like, for, like, taking something that you were interested in, like, into, like, a, and then making it, making money out of it, but not only that, like, helping out your family, bro, like, that's amazing. That's like everything worked out for you because of a you 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 followed a passion, and I mean, your dad was going through tough times there, you know, but you're able to come through and and like learn about like the adult world, like dude, you have to come up and pay bills, and it's not just like fun and games anymore. It's actually, you have to come through for the family. When I was, when I was in high, when I was in high school. And I remember one day in our living room, I had set up my turntables on the table uh, upstairs of the house and Gary, and I'm going through records and I'm thinking, damn, how many times can I remix this music? How many times can I shuffle the playlist around? You know, and my mom uh, told me, she goes, Miko, what are you doing? I said, no, was, I got to, you know, this is not, I can't, I don't just, you know, she thought I just walked in, played, and everyone just had a great time. Oh, there's a little more to it than that, Mom. And she told me, she was me home. Is this radio is not for people like us? And I, I wasn't sure how she was, you know, 
Was she trying to discourage me or what? Here's the thing. Here's a little background. My dad was from Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. My mom was from Laredo. My mom was a migrant worker. She only went up to fifth grade. She didn't go past that. She was too busy, uh, you know, taking her to to pick the peaches in Michigan. To I mean, she that, that was her thing. Hello. I see you freezing a little bit. So all right, all right. is it me or is it you? <laughs> all right, go ahead. Can you can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hold on. We'll pause the ring. There you go. So your mom was what? She was a migrant worker, right? Okay, there you are. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, my mom was a migrant worker, so she didn't have a great education. So she thought, you know, it, that to work easy, it wasn't. Uh, that's not that's not work. You had to work, get your hands dirty with it. And I had a, I just told her no, mom. There there is a way. Um, my mom was when it came to to being a migrant worker. Man, she. Um, when we left, when my parents left in Indiana in eighty eight. And I left Indiana in 91, uh, and I came to Laredo. Uh, my first job here in Laredo, I worked at Dr. Ike's, and I hated it. I'm not going to lie. They like, had... <laughs> you're like, I'm not used to working for, like, a shitty hourly job when you, like, were making tons of money, like, in one gig. You're like, oh, that well, doesn't make sense. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I graduated high school in 87. Yeah. And and here is, and, and I, I, I don't want to do this to my son, but <laughs> I don't know, I'm still thinking about it. Uh, I, You know, you graduate, you go, hey, graduation parties all over the place, right? Well, after two weeks, my dad sat me down. And he said, mijo, uh, congratulations, you Graduated high school, one mile. Here's the thing. Um, we want to move to Texas. We bought land in Zapata. We, the land that they were looking at, they went and looked at it back in 86. Because we, bought, we, got, we got that land. And, we're, you know, my responsibility is to see you graduate. Now that you're done, well, there's no need for us to hear, so we're going to leave. So you have two options. You can stay and fend for yourself, or you can move with us. So like a dum-dum, I said I was going to stay. Why? Because I fell in love with a girl. And we're going to be together forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that the biggest mistake of my life? You know? Hey, so, man, we live and we learn. We live and we learn. <laughs> so from that time, I had... Uh, I graduated, I was working, you know, I, doing the DJ thing once a month, doing, uh, I worked at a pizza place, I was a delivery guy, well then, uh, this priest, uh, the church says, hey, if you want a job, I got a job for you, 
Okay. And I'm thinking, great, you know, cutting grass, whatever. No, it was actually working as a, uh, at a plant for Sherwin-Williams Paint Company. Uh, again, I was making stupid money. Stupid money. Very young, making uh, money. Ask me where all that money is today. The only thing I got to show for all the years I was working at the Sherwin-Williams Paint Factory was the floor in my parents' house in Zapata. Oh, man. White, 12-inch by 12-inch ceramic brick or uh, ceramic block imported from Canada. Damn. Hey, where's the rest of the money? I was, I was 18, 19, ah, 300 bucks, 400 bucks every weekend. Eh, no problem, man. Wow. And I love her. I'm not even going to get into what the trouble I got with her. <laughs> and so I came, I came to Laredo in 91, and I was working at Dr. Reich's, and my dad saw me. He's like, Mijo, why are you working at a job you hate? So I got to make ends meet. I got to do what pays money. He's like, no, I'm here. You gotta restart. Do what you love to do. And your dad, told you, this? Your dad huh? told you this? Your dad said yeah. this, right? How old were you again? Like 1920? 21 maybe? Well, I was about 20, 20, 21, 22. Okay. And my dad he tells me, Mijo, do what makes you happy. If you do what makes you happy, that means it's not work. Don't don't listen. Don't do what I had to do. I worked at the steel mill because I had four mouths to feed. I had your mom and, you know. So I said, okay. Uh, and the cousin of mine here in Laredo says, why don't you go try at the radio station? Like, they're not going to hire me. Yeah, hey, go, 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 go. You know how to read, you know, music, go for it. So I went in to 98. Um, was Mark McLean. And oh, Mark McLean. I was there. And hey, Chris, Chris, I did a live reading. I'm like, dude, that's pretty good. Hold on, hold on. Can you, can you go back? It's, it it kind of uh, froze up a little bit. Go back to where, like, you were, uh, you went to 98. And then what? Okay. I went to 98. And uh, I met with. Mad Dog, Mark McLean, and Al Guevara, and I did a read, a lot, what's called a live read, and they liked it. They're like, dude, that's, that's great. I'll see you tomorrow. I go, tomorrow for what? Yeah, you start training. Like, I'm in. Yeah, man, it's pretty good. You're in. <laughs> okay. So uh, I started training. Next thing I know, I was working uh, Friday night, uh, midnight to 6, and Saturday night, midnight to 6. Dude. While working full time at Dr. Reich's, I did that for nine months, okay? And that was the hardest nine months of my life. And then one day they called me into human resources at Dr. Reich's and said, look, we see your performance. It's slipping every now and then. So you're going to have to make a decision. It's going to be us or the radio station because you cannot do both. So I thought so I was thinking, 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 and I went and talk, uh, to the radio station. And I went to go talk to Mad Dog, Mark McLean. And I was going to tell him, hey, you know what? I'm going to back off the station. I don't want to let the people down. As soon as I walked in, 
um, Mad Dog says, dude, ESP. I'm like, what do you mean? How would you like to do overnights? Full time. Remotes and everything. We want you. I'll be right back. Man, I grabbed everything. Books. Uh, the training books, the shirts, and I just gave it to Dr. Extend. I thought to Murero, have a great day. And and the rest is history. Whoa. So it was like divine intervention. Because, like, you were going to tell them that you were going to quit the radio. And then they're like, and then as soon as you walk in, they didn't even know. They, Mark McLean is like, dude, we have a full-time gig for you. And you're like, what? Yeah. Divine intervention, bro. That's your destiny. Your destiny right there. So, and again, that was in, I got full time December 1st, 1992. <laughs> so, you know. Bro, I've been, I remember like those times because, and I'm pretty sure it was you playing all that music because you're playing house music, techno, old school hip hop. And I was like, I always wonder who's famous music is like nobody knows about this. Like very few people know about that kind of music. And actually, you got me. If you were playing that music, you were the one that got me into like the techno side because I didn't know about that at all. That night, up that, like at three or four in the morning, three or four in the morning, I was like, yeah, who's that? I was like twelve years old, man, getting into that. Still to this day, people come up to me, man. When you had the, the mix show at night, I'm like, ah, okay. And um, here's here's the the truth. The reason why it was uh, it came up with the name Spinning Chris. Um, normally they would have these mixes on CDs. And they would leave the CDs and we would play them uh, Friday night and Saturday night. Well, I went in one night on Saturday and the girl that was there said, hey, uh, I'm going to take off. Oh, by the way, you don't have any mixes. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean I don't have any mixes? No, I didn't leave the CD. So, and I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to move the log around. Because I didn't know how the log works. So she goes, so... The mixes ran from 10 o'clock at night all the way to 2 in the morning. Dude, that's four hours. How am I supposed to figure out what I'm going to play for four hours if I don't have a music log? So I panicked. <laughs> what am I going to do? I got it. Those are Creator Records that came in that they just left there. No one, no one opened them. I was the only one I was looking at them. So I would grab the record. And I was mixing the record with a CD player and back and forth and back and forth. Taking so, turns. Oh, yeah. Just, just keeping the beat. And then Mad Dog Mark McLean was listening. He's like, oh, man, that's the jam. Oh, that's the jam. And then he was listening for about an hour at home. And he's like, wait a minute. He never heard a liner. He never heard a top of their ID. I never played any commercials. Why? Because I was so intense trying to figure out the music. He's like, wait a minute. What, what's, what's going on? And he remembered that he took the CDs and he put them in his car. <laughs> so, 
So Al Gavada calls Mark. He goes, dude, you hear the mixes? They're badass. He goes, yeah, I got the CDs. Oh, shoot. He's by himself and he's mixing this. So they went to the station. They went in. I joking. I, I had a bandana on. It was drenched with sweat. The shirt was, I mean, it was all wet. <laughs> and I look at the clock. How much more? How much more? Jesus Christ. Another hour and a half? And then Mark walks in, and he just hugged me. He goes, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he just put his CD in. And he goes, dude, take a breather. <laughs> oh, my and God. And then they're like, what the hell spinning, Chris? Oh. <laughs> and that's where that came from. Oh, man. See, it's just like you kept on spinning and spinning and spinning. So it's like, that's guy, it's, this guy is spinning, Chris. So that's that's how spinning came about. Wow. Hey, but you you had you had a, a turntables, right? Like you you bought it like when you were sixteen, fifteen. Say again. You had turntables, like you had like the techniques, or what kind of turntables? Uh, the radio station had uh they had one turntable, a Technique twelve hundred. Oh, that's a which nice. is. So I said, okay, no, I could, I could use this. But you, you so had them previously, right? You had them, like, you had your own turntables previously. You actually messed with like, the whole the art of that's, that's where I started. I, I started on, on the Technique 1200s with the Newmark mixer and, you know. I always and, wanted that, man. I always wanted that. <laughs> One of these now, days you'll get that and mess with it. <laughs> When I now I have a pair of uh, DC 1200s. They look like the turntables, but they're CD players. But you can hook them up to the Serato. So that's what I use. And, and you know, it gives me the same feel. So that's what I like about that. Yeah. That's some crazy stories, man. Dude, so like, that was like early 90s. So you've been doing it ever since. And I know you you work with you work with my brothers, right? So you kind of like dabbled in other jobs as well, but the music always brings you back, right? For some weird reason. It's it's like the mob, dude. I know too much, so they keep bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I broke away from Guerra in two thousand in two thousand. I came back for about a year, and then in from two thousand two to two thousand three. I worked back at Guerra 2003. I started at Continental Airlines or Continental Express. Yeah. And while I was at working at Continental, I got called to work to, well, I started off with doing commercials for um, 99.3 uh, XHNK. And then they said, hey, was, you want to do a show? Like, ah, okay. So I was doing a show. And one show led to another. And then I started doing other shows with those guys and and that was that was that was a good time while it lasted and then uh doing that and then working at the airport and in 2011 it, i myself i called it quits because my son was born oh, that's and the real uh, he was born in 2011 now I didn't want to make the same mistake my dad did, which is my dad was always working, always, always working at the plant. 
and he would double, you know, do double shifts or he would work, um, you know, holidays. And, and I know it's wrong and I know you're, you're going to get beat from this, you know, like, Oh my God, how can it be that way? Honestly, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas to me is just another day. Really? I mean, my birthday, just another day. That's you know? what it could be. And, you know, if someone, if I can help someone make money on my birthday and I can have fun doing it, all right, cool. But honestly, for me, I don't care. Um, you know, uh, so I retract a lot of that. Now, um, when my son was born, I took two years off. I didn't work. I was, I was Mr. Mom. I stayed home and I, and I took care of him for two years. I didn't know that would be the master plan later on down the road, but it is what it is, you know? Wow. Wow, man. You took two years off. How was those two years, man? Because I like, I wish I could do that for my kids, man. And I know it's, it's, a, it's a blessing actually to be 100% dedicated to your kids during those moments. You hear me? One more time. Hey, uh, I was saying that it, it's, it's how did it feel like to be able to dedicate 100% of your time during those two years to your son? Because I know it's a pretty cool time to spend with your family, man. It's, I mean, I wish I could do it and I didn't do it. So I know I wish I could, though. I mean, I mean, it's this is something that the, our kids are going to remember, you know, and, and my son understands that, you know, dad has to work, and but but I was there. I mean, I was there for his first steps. I was there when, you know, he did a lot of his first. And my wife was there with him, with me. And if I, she wasn't there, I would, I would film it. And I would show her, hey, check this out, you know. But, you know, like I said, there, there's a master plan for everything. The master plan, man, the master plan. Um, I know it's a touchy subject, but I know that your, your wife passed a few years ago, right? And, um. Rest in peace to your wife, and I know you guys went through a hard time during that era. I remember, I mean, I've been following you for a while, so I've kept up. But um, how's that played, uh, like, with the whole situation, trying to be, like, you know, two roles for your son and trying to get him the best life ever? I know you work really hard at that. I see you, man. I see you everywhere where I see you. You're, you and your son are trying to, like, you're trying to make your son feel home and feel at peace. You're really good, man. It's, it's, and also, like, you just... You lead by example, you know. Um, she passed away September nineteenth, twenty sixteen. It was a long two-year battle with colon cancer. Um, it happened. Um, I mean, we were. We were together 19 years, and we were married only 17. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. Um, I I met her at a party. A friend of mine invited me over. Uh, his name was Rick Villarreal, and he I met her at a party, and she she hated me. She hated <laughs> me. I mean, it was. I was like, oh, what did I do to you? Yeah. And I and I saw her, 
I saw her from across the room and I said, I need to meet her. <laughs> and she hated me. I'm like, what the hell I do to you? She says, oh, I know how you are. I know how all you DJs are. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oof. After I met her, we went through this insane roller coaster relationship. I hate you. I don't want to be with you. You know what? You're pretty cool. You know, I can't stand you. You know, we went through this roller coaster and 13 days after I met her, I asked her to marry me. Wow. That's something that nobody knows. Wow. 13 days. And she said, and this crazy woman said yes. Wow. That's crazy, dude. 13 days almost. <laughs> Well, almost. I says, okay, this is it. no one's going to get me like this chick does. And I wasn't looking for anyone that was going to agree with everything I was going to do. Or, yeah. you know, I didn't want anyone who's going to be following me. I want someone who's going to walk next to me. And every now and then maybe take the lead, you know. And um, like I said, she was my best friend. She was, you know, my partner. She was my better half. Um, God bless Everyone out there that has divorced and then remarried and found love a second time around, yeah. Because that type of magic you don't find, man. That's 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 incredible stuff. Now, uh, the thing is this, and I keep thinking about that thing that Rocky you know, said. You know, life is gonna beat you down. And nothing's going to beat you harder than life. And if you stay down, it's going to keep you there. And I refuse to let that happen. And a lot of people don't know, I've had some horrific pullbacks. Uh, January this year, 12 years ago. Hold on, hold on. Can you hear me, Chris? You're cutting off. Hold on. This 4th of July, I lost my father to uh, scleroderma, uh, congestive heart failure. Uh, is, I, I, I chalk it up to a broken heart because he missed my mom. So I don't have parents. I don't have my better half. And now I have this task of being both father and son, uh, mother and dad to my son. And he is getting older and he's asking all these questions like that. Did they do this to mom? Did they do that? You know, it's like, yeah, you know. And, I, and the thing is, he's at an age where he doesn't want, well, that's the way things are. No, he homeboy wants a definite answer. So I got to give it to him, you know, and I, and I told him, I go, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it's always going to be you and me. And it is what it is. Wow. Uh, sorry, hey, sorry to cut you off, but um, when you said January, it's going to be 12 years, it cut off for like 15 seconds. So I missed like 15 seconds of what you said right after that. So can you, can you just, for the listener, can you just tell them a little bit about that, that day in particular? Well, back, backtrack a little bit from where? 
from when you said January the first or January twelve years ago. Um. Okay. Um. Jan January, uh, twelve years ago. This past January. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah. This year. Uh, this January, twelve years ago, my mom passed away from incurable leukemia. Oh, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Um, and uh, again, and then my wife uh, in twenty sixteen from colon cancer, and my dad uh, July fourth uh, this year uh, will be three years that he passed, and. Congestive heart failure, uh, scleroderma. I talk it up to a broken heart because you miss your mom. mom. Uh, they were married 50 years. They so, um, That's amazing. But like, like I said, you know. I can't. I can't stop, and and believe me, I I, I can I, I can lay in bed, and I can cry all day. But who's a good, who am I good to? Mm -mm. You know, I went back to work um, a day after I buried my wife, and everyone was expecting me to take at least like a week off. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I can't do that. I can't. And they're like, oh, you, you need to grieve. I'm like, everyone grieves differently. Mm -hmm. So my thing is I had to go back to work. And my son, oh, man. Hey Chris, can you hear me? You're you're cut off. You're cut off. I can't hear you. Chris. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear okay. me? All right. Yeah. You were saying that your son? Sorry, man, you're cut off. Uh he told me if if he can go back to school, then I can go back to work. That's awesome. Big heart right there. Right. And that's why it's, I've always told him, you know, it's always going to be just me and him. You know, yeah, there's, you know, I like to think, you know, I'll be able to go out on dates and stuff like that. But ultimately, in the end, it's going to be me and him. So. That's that's a that's amazing that uh, you're able to you know have that uh that ability to take those hits and those times in your life where like you you just could have like you know what I'm not gonna do anything about this and just let it but you're able to like you know what I have to get up you know I can't be on the down and uh, that line from Rocky actually does it does hit you home when you hear it like I remember watching that movie recently with my son and. It's just, it's very touching when, when you hear it and then like you actually apply it to your life, you know? 
I try. I try. I mean, I just try to do the right thing. That's all. And then, so there's a lot of inspiration from your son part. Like, he, do you want to get him to get into the music, or like, do you want to teach him about that stuff, or? <laughs> uh, he's tried messing around with the Serato program, and he thought that's eh, pretty cool, but he's got other ideas. He's kind of looking towards a firefighter. Well, that's good. I'm like, okay, all right. And he wants to learn about video games. So this past year uh, in school, uh, he was learning about coding. Oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> okay. And he was just a handful of the kids that in elementary school that were learning about coding. So I like that it's fun. Like, Dude, okay, I can't. No, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Now, I told, you know, like I told everyone. Was that? What? Like I told everyone, he, uh, I'm glad he came out smart like his mom and not like an idiot like his old man. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> 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 no, man, you're good. You're good. You're smart, man. You've been making good moves ever since you were a young guy, so I respect that. <laughs> Hello? I have to apologize. Um, I'm not used to wearing glasses, so like I wanna, I, I can see certain things, but when things start to get blurry, it's like, ah, oh, great, I gotta put these on. Don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. I'm not used to wearing glasses. That that's one of the biggest. Uh, that's a new hurdle for 2020. I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> I give you some good, uh, some good vitamins to take for your eyes, bro. Well, here's, and again, I don't like to, you know, poor me, poor me. Yeah. Uh, I was diagnosed uh, with glaucoma. Oh. That's so that, that does not help. So, and wow. I'm not going to say, I, I'm, I, I'm not even going to go out there and, and bash myself and say, oh, what else can go? that yeah man it was you got a lot on your shoulders man it seems like but you're always I, get, I like your attitude because you're like i don't care what brings me down i'm still gonna get up and fight for what i what i need to do what i have to do you know so that's no, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you i crack and break every day every day I do have my moments where, where I get mad and I want to cry and I want to throw things. I want to I want to break stuff. But you know what though? I can't. Why? Wow, man, that's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, I guess everybody finds a. Uh... Like something that that they can like uh, fall back on, you know, like a mentality state. And I think you reflect a lot, so like that makes you stop before you do something that you're not 
that you know is not going to help you or anybody else. So that's a good way to, to make decisions. You know what I mean, make good decisions. You got to fight, man. You got to fight. And just like I read on a shirt, it was the greatest thing. I will fight you like the third monkey on the ramp to Noah's Ark, and it's draining hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> hey, man. Um, so, I mean, we, we've, been, we've kind of talked about a lot of good things here. And, uh, one thing that I wanted to share with you is that um, I remember when I called you, one of the, one of the, like I called in '98 one time, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to prank this guy, right? Like spinning Chris Garza. And this is when I found out, do never, ever, ever prank this guy because he's too good. Like he's just funny, right? So I called you and I called you like, hey, it's me, buy Macias, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're not buy Macias. <laughs> so you're not like a hooker on crack. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was dying of laughter, bro. I was like so funny. I was like, never again. I'm gonna miss that guy. Like, but but all because like you know how back in the days, like you can you can prank call anybody and like nobody would know it was you and stuff. But that was a funny time, man. And ever since then, I have mad respect. For you, man. I mean, not not only because you played good music, but because you were a funny guy as well. And that that's something that you've always carried a lot of, uh, on your personality. I love that about you. I, I, and, and you know what? That that that's what upset my mom the most. I mean, hijo, ¿por qué es tan payaso? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that helps you, man, because like uh, being in the in the I guess recording like a, as a DJ, you need a personality, you know, and uh, that's something that you carry onto your like when you're on live. And now that you're doing a country, like how does that how does that change your personality? Or is it still the same for you? Because I know country for me, it's just it's a little bit different. You know, I'm I'm not even gonna lie to you. I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay. Uh, you can throw like five country artists at me, and I might know one, and that's a big might. <laughs> it's just I see the numbers. I see how it works. I I'm. The DJ in me hears me, ow, oh, I hear the beats, so, oh, okay, okay, you know, this, this is what, you know, this is what they want to hear. And then when people say, well, I want that old country, uh, you're going to have to, like, you know, just like saying, you know that guy, Gonzalez? Uh, you're going to have to narrow that down, man. <laughs> well, he listens to me. You're gonna have to bring that even closer. I, I don't, I don't get it. You know, but I just see the numbers and I like, okay, this works. You know, and that's, the thing is, is I've never closed myself off to one type of music. I want to learn country. I want to learn it. The the one I've epically failed at is the Hano music. I don't know Hano. Me <laughs> <laughs> But I can I can put arrangements together, right? I was like, "Ooh, Mr. Hatos, he knows something." No, I don't. I just got lucky. I don't know, you know. But you know, I love all types of music. You know, from you know, I've got mixes from Rush. I got mixes from Rush, and what else? I got I got mixes from Russia. 
I got mixes from Greece, uh, Italy. Um, like I said, the Hindu and the Punjabi, that's the basis for a lot of stuff. I, lo I love that stuff. I really, really do. I appreciate that. Wow, man. So you like other, other like, cultures, music, and you kind of incorporate mm -hmm. it. Like, you still, so you still make mixes, like, now. Like, you're working on that on your side. Like, that's what you're doing on the side for yourself. Um, yes. Um, I've been helping out um, uh, DJ D-Rock, who is, uh, who's on Mix It Radio, uh, here on Laredo. So I've been throwing mixes in with him. Uh, but every Friday, uh, I have a mix, uh, a one-hour mix I put together that airs in Las Vegas, and it's on it's on twenty-two point three Takeover Vegas Radio, and it's I got the drive at five, and the shows come all mixed up, and it's because I'm playing everything from seventies to eighties to nineties, and I get. I get friends like uh, like Kickback Kibos, uh Rip and Rich from Blas San Miguel, uh, DJ Tommy from Forensies. They're like, yeah, let me give you a mix. I can, so you can play it. It's okay, that went So it's a whole hour show uh, that I do in Las, for Las Vegas, and it happens every Friday. Wow. So you still keep tabs with these guys from, from Blas San Miguel and – from Vivant and from Forenzies, like these DJs from back in the days? Yeah, no, I keep, no, we, I keep close tabs. <laughs> DJ Rippin' Rich and I used to work at Dr. Ike's together. Oh, crazy. When I first started back, back, back in the, back in the nineties. And when I left to work at the radio station, uh, DJ Rippin' Rich said, Hey man, if you could put mixes on the radio, keep me in mind. I was like, dude, I'm going to put you in a club. Where do you want to go? He goes, yeah, I want to DJ at a club in, in Nuevo Laredo. So I kept my promise. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where, where did he end up? Rip and Rick was at uh, Frenzy's? No, he was at uh, Plaza San Miguel. Plaza one block, number one, all right, go ahead. Uh, no, no, Rip and Rich. Uh, I made a promise to him that uh, if I ever, he asked me if, if I ever if I ever get on the radio, uh, you know, can I get him? You know, can I get him on the radio? I said, dude, not only will I get you on the radio, I'll get you in a club. Where do you want to go? And he said, I want to be in a club in Nolaredo. So I kept my promise to him, and he was at Plaza San Miguel, um, and I got to be good. Friends, good acquaintances with a lot of people from the clubs across. So that was bad. That was that was a good time over there, man. I like, remember in the mid nineties, early thousands. It was a great time to be in Oladero. Like the club scene was amazing. I remember going over there and having a good time over there. Like not having to have having no fear of, of anything, and the music was good. You know, the drinks were cheap. You know, everything was good over there. So you're part of that scene. Wow, that's amazing, bro. That and I want I want that to happen now here in like the downtown area, but I don't know if that's gonna carry over. What do you think about that? Um it can happen and I think we need that. 
And, I mean, it's time for Laredo to step up and step up the game as far as the entertainment to bring people down. People come to Laredo for two things, to visit family and The second reason? Or backtrack again? The second so reason people come the second reason that people come to the radio R is oh. uh the second reason they come is to shop. Okay. And we need to give Laredo the third reason, which is to come and party. That way you don't have to go to San Antonio and McAllen. You can do it right here with family. Yeah. I love that, man. I think we're making strides in that direction. I've seen the growth of the downtown scene. Um, I was recording like when they were breaking down the old River Drive Mall and all that stuff. So I've seen how it, it's kind of molded into what it's becoming, right? And um, it's just pretty fun that we're going to be able to see that transition. Can you hear me? Oh, man, it sounds way better. For another half hour. All right, let's do it. <laughs> right, hey, man. Sorry for the, all the, the technical Don't worry about it. But check it out, guys. Um, right now, Chris was telling me about how um, the whole Laredo movement, how we need to bring back the business and the entertainment world because I think that's where we're kind of going. I was, I was Before we cut off for a little bit, I was saying that um, I, I'm kind of seeing the whole – the way it's changing in the last, you know, couple of years, few years, I've seen how they, they broke down River Drive Mall and that's right there by the river next to the river. And I was like, I want to see what's going to happen once they, they boost all this up and what happens. And I, I've seen how the, it's starting to become, I guess, where you're trying to say, like, where, where we needing the, the entertainment and it's, it's growing, man. I think we have a lot of potential and, and uh, although the, the COVID, kind of messed up the whole routine of going out and everything. But it, for a few months that I think I passed by with, to one of my friends, he opened up a bar there and it was popping, man. There was people everywhere, dude. Everywhere. I was like, this is, is the street. That's, that's the party. It's the party. Mm -hmm. But um, no, we, we're, we just have to be open-minded and we just have to get the city, get the scene going. Yeah. Again, Laredo has a lot to offer. I mean, but, we just we just have to open our minds to it, man. Ah, uh, man. We, I know you always go to the good good food, man. What do you recommend? What's like the best place to go eat here, like, or the favorite dish you like to go get here in Laredo? Um. <laughs> I know you're always taking your um, and all these like, like, look, he's gonna try this, and boom, he's like enjoying the food. I'm like, man, that looks good. I took him. I took him for the first time to Glass Kitchen. Oh man, I haven't and, been. And I like, Dad. How come you didn't tell me this place existed? Well, I told you, but you never want to go. <laughs> no, I don't know where Mijo got. He's got a silver spoon in his mouth because he's <laughs> like, Dad. I feel, I feel like Red Lobster. I go really because I don't feel Red Lobster. I'm feeling something a little more downscale. What do you What do you say? <laughs> and, but you know he he he's down with Danny's. Uh, he likes the tacos from Pino Burger. Yeah, um, really good. I love those. Oh my gosh! Uh, 
he likes his pirata from Taco Palenque. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves the hot dogs and the burgers from uh, Stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, he's, oh man, the moist brisket with extra barbecue sauce from Rudy's. Oh, you're making me hungry, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, and and the thing is, I, I keep telling him, I go, hey, Michael, let's, let's let's do something at home. And he looks at me like, why? <laughs> so, That's good, man. Hey, so I know once, you took him to Chicago, right? You, I saw you eating over there, a lot of good food over there. What did y'all, what did y'all eat over there, man? I look good. Oh man, we went to uh, Giordano's Pizza. Homeboy awesome. ordered a personal pan. I could not finish it. Oh my god, he did. That is crazy. with a drink. I'm like, and then uh, he wasn't too crazy about the hot dogs, but. Uh, we went to the Greek restaurants uh, where I grew up in Hammond and and in the town over called Highland, Indiana. And we went and ate at the Greek restaurants there. And he thought those were the greatest breakfast restaurants ever next to Cracker Barrel. Wow. I've never had that, man. I want to try it one of these days. Oh, my gosh. And then uh, he's still on the fence on the Chinese food. I'm like, dude, you got to try it. So... (laughs) Ah oh, man, I love Chinese, bro. I like I'm I'm very open to all those kind of foods, man. I need I, I want to try Indian food and I want to try the Greek food. I know I there was a, a Greek place here a while back, but I only think it went once and I don't think it was that authentic. Uh, it was uh, yeah, the closest place is the San Antonio. You gotta uh I think it's a Demos in San Antonio. That that's good Greek food. Here's the thing. Um growing up, uh when I was in elementary school. One of my best friends, his name was Mike Sampis. And sometimes my mom couldn't pick me up. So Mike had told his, my mom, hey, you know what? I'm going to take him to my house. That way he's not by himself and you can pick him up there. And my mom, ah, okay. Man, that was the greatest experience in my life. Um, his mom was uh, a retired chef from a restaurant and his dad owned a restaurant. Damn. So, man, I had gyros like you cannot imagine. And then the desserts, Jesus. Man, I, I was surprised okay. I gained so much weight. <laughs> so I told him, and, and one time her, his mom's like, no, well, give, you, give, your, give your mom, give your mom these. She, she likes it. She is good. And it was a gyro. And I gave it to my mom. And mom's like, ¿Qué quiero un taco tan grande? I'm like, no, mom, it, you don't eat it that way. <laughs> She didn't get it. No, I, I grew up. And the thing is, uh, for a while, I was practicing. I actually, I, I don't speak it as much as I do or I should, but I had, I had learned passable Greek. Okay, that's good. But that's tough. Every, every year, the, the, the Greek, uh, families up in Indiana for Thanksgiving they get together at the church mm-hmm. and they bring a band from Greece and they do a big buffet kind of thing right well again since I don't look so Mexican okay <laughs> uh, I pass for a Greek okay fine 
<laughs> so <laughs> I took my wife with me, right? And of course, she's Laredo Mexicana. I mean, you know, dark skin, you know. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom, and there was these two guys, and they're like giving me high fives. I'm like, oh, okay. They're like, dude, how'd you do it? How? <laughs> how is your family okay with it? And I'm like, my family. And then they started speaking Greek to me. You know, and you know, they were asking me what part of the island I was from. You know, you know, and I and I kept telling them, you know, that I wasn't, you know, I'm not Greek. And uh, my buddy's brother walked in. He goes, Hey, hey, what's going on? I said, Hey, wanna talk to these guys? They're like, dude. How is it that he married out of out of our race, man? He married and he brought her here, man. Can you imagine? Now I was wondering why everyone was looking at us. I'm like, and, and my wife, you know, Jessica was looking at me like, you know, why are they looking at us that way? I'm like, I I, I don't know, babe. I don't know. Maybe maybe because we like to drink and they had uh, a barrel, a wooden barrel made. Uh, that had was full of wine, mm -hmm. so I, I mean, I, it tasted great, man. I was, ah, ah, ah. you know, all Laredo, boom, 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 you know, and then I got two glasses, boom, boom, and then, <laughs> and then my my wife's looking at me, she's like, uh, okay, got them out. I'm like, it's free, and then uh, like I said, we're at the bathroom, and the guy is. You know, how, how'd you marry out of the race? How'd your, how'd your family was okay with it? And I, and I told, you know, my buddy's like, dude, he's not Greek. Yeah, yeah, he's from Greek, yeah. He was, you're know, well, from where, from uh, Thessaloniki? I'm like, no, more like from Gary. Gary. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, dude, you, you have to be Greek. You know, it's just, it's just, he was my, you know, even my sister was asking him who, you know, who's whose dad you are, and I'm like, dude, I'm 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 not Greek, I'm I'm Mexican, and they they totally freaked, totally like, oh, you can't be. I'm like, I had to show my ID. You're like, like Look, really? Bro. I was like, like hilarious, and, and and thanks to my dad who who, no, he needs a strong, un hombre mexicano de fuerza. Really, Juan. <laughs> Really? That, it's the best you come up with that. Jeez. He went now, like total 100% Mexican name. I don't know. Me falta el nopal and I'm like, you know, everything. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is this, these guys were like, no. And when we walked in, when I walked back into the into the hall, shit, almost almost everybody knew. Hey, you know, he's not he's not Greek. He's Mexican. By the way, everybody. Everybody. Oh, man. Growing, the, and that's the thing that's I find it strange because I actually grew up uh, being the minority, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember one time I was DJing a wedding, and this white lady came up to me, and she's like, she asked me if I could play uh, Elvis Crespo. I'm like, yeah, 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 uh, you know, suavemente, yeah, I'll get that on for you. And then she turns and says, oh. By the way, I love your people's food. I'm like, uh, is this bitch being racist to me or what? <laughs> but I took the high road. And I said, you know what? On behalf of my people, I want to let your people thank you for letting us clean your yards. 
<laughs> and she looked at me like, am I being a douchebag to her or am I being sincere? But we both smiled and were like, oh, okay. All right. It was like a oh, passive aggressive racism right there. Yeah, man. It was big time. I'm like, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think she meant anything bad out of it. And you didn't take it out of it. It's like, I could get mad, but why? Why? You see, you take the high road, bro. I'm going to live longer than she will, so that's all right. <laughs> that's jerk, jerk. Hey, man, that, that's, you have a lot of cool stories. And, and uh, real quickly, before we wrap it up, because I know you, you're a busy man. You got your kid. Um, you know Jorge Vargas, right? My friend. He's a DJ. George, George. And he went to the Navy. But I know he was a DJ with you for a while, man. And, and I know you guys became, you know, buddies and stuff for a while. When he was uh, er, back in the 98 era, right? Or one of, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 98. Jungle George. Jungle George, yeah, that was his name. Jungle George. You helped him pick out that name? Uh, nah. No, I, th I think he did that on his own. Yeah. And that's like, I thought, one, no, Jungle George, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's a good friend of mine, man. He's in in San Diego right now, but yeah, I remember nice. you guys had yeah, y'all, you're uh, early in the game. He was there with you, man. So I know he learned a lot from you. But yeah, man, that's, I know uh, I, the one thing I feel bad about. Um, poor George got stuck with the task of babysitting. Uh, it was the owner's son, Matthew. <laughs> and Matt would go in, and he had this thing that he wanted to mess with George. He wanted to mess with him. <laughs> and I would I would walk in, and George would look at me like, help me. And this dude was like, Matt was on the standing on the console. He was trying to jump on George and <laughs> throwing CDs like, you know, they were Frisbees. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and poor George got stuck with it. He's like, what can I do? I'm like, dude, that's the boss's kid, dude. Good luck. <laughs> You gotta take it. You gotta take it. You gotta take it. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man, that's some good stories. A lot of good stories. I know you probably met a lot of cool people in this in this industry, right? You've been. Oh, there, there was there there was so many. Honestly, I've met so many people and so many. A lot of them are very cool. The one thing I have noticed, uh, Texas country artists, ninety nine percent of them are super, super grateful and they're super appreciative for everything you do for them, which is freaky. Uh, yeah, I've met everyone from Mana. Uh, I was on tour for three days with El General and CNC Music Factory. Wow. Uh, uh, the 69 Boys, Gillette, uh, uh, 95 South, uh, Naughty by Nature. God, dead or alive. Uh, as, I mean, it, it was eye-openers. It, it was incredible. Uh, uh, the weirdest one, the weirdest one was uh, John Cicada. I mean, I, 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 I do was, you know, I, that was strange. What was that? What's you know, that? He was, no, it, we, we saw him at the, what used to be the Civic Center. And yeah. then, they like you had to get a um, a pass uh, so you can meet them. And I 
myself and uh, Super Dave. Yeah, Super Dave. Uh, we we got we we got this pass, and he had his John Cicada had his people push myself and Super Dave like away from the crowd. I'm like okay, because you had to be in line to to meet him. And we and he would meet you at your seat. So I was dating a, a young lady. Uh, she was a, a Nuevo Laredo Coca-Cola model. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's that, that's a, that's a, an NC-17 interview. But anyways, <laughs> and they separated. You know, I I thought you know, you know, she was hot. You know, and I was yeah. gonna bring her with me, and they said, no, no, she has to stay there. So they really pushed us out of the way. And me and Dave were like, oh, we don't get to meet him. I mean, Fiona, he shook everyone's hand. Then he came over to me and uh, myself and Super Dave. Oh, hey, how you guys doing? This and that. Very, very, uh, very friendly, very huggable. I'm like, oh, okay. And having his armor on me and Dave. And, oh, well, yeah, I'm glad you, I thank you for playing my music. And, you know, I hope you enjoy the show and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm looking at Dave like, is this guy hitting on me? I mean, because this, this is really, I mean, it, it got, it ha- I had that very uncomfortable vibe. Yeah. And Dave looked at me, he's like, dude, if you leave me alone with this guy, I'm like, dude, you are on your own. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just weird. Now, now the, uh, like I said, for the most part, everyone I've interviewed and, uh, They've all been fairly well. Uh, I've only had one interview that I literally was like, you know what? Screw this dude. And I walked away. Uh, myself and A.B. the Hitman went to the Casablanca to interview this band. And we went to interview the lead singer. And the lead singer, like in disgust, looked at us and said that, he doesn't do radio interviews, only TV. And since there's no TV, there's no need for him to talk to us. Wow. Like, you yeah. mother. And <laughs> that's when the, dr- uh, the drummer stepped in and we started doing an interview and he took over. Like, wow, this dude's a total douchebag. But talk about he, ego, man. And, and the thing is, they, they are one of the biggest bands in the world and the performance at the Casablanca. I don't want to give away the name, but. Oh man, that's, that's a trick question. That's a trick question right there. For the listeners, oh, remember Casablanca, top band back in the early 2000s, maybe. No, late uh, 90s? Uh, no, it was, in, it was in the late 90s. It was late in the late 90s. 90s and and they, they are today one of the biggest bands in the world. Trivia, trivia, Google. Search it up. Oh, find it. Oh. <laughs> man. Uh, but no, man. I mean, other than that, though, I mean, like I said, music, I enjoy it all, all genres, all. all there's nothing that I, I don't single anything up. I appreciate all types of music, you know. Um, you know, like I said, it's. I like it. Now my son is learning that he can get music on Spotify. Oh, yeah. So he's putting it on his tablet. And then he wants, he likes playing these little trivia games with me. Dad, do you remember this band? Dad, I was like, 
uh, okay, that's this song. Okay, that's this song. Okay, that's this. Okay, you know, that's way before my time. <clears throat> really, Dad? Uh, yes, really. And then I had to explain to him, you know, and again, I'm going to get heat for this. He's like, I go, remember that dude from American Idol? Yeah, okay. Lionel Richie, yeah, okay. He started with the Commodores. Really? Yeah, that's when he was black. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he lightened up after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of like Michael Jackson. It's crazy. Um, but no, I mean. Lionel Richie, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he was with the Commodores, I was, you know, when he was black. Anyways, I don't, I don't um, remember that because I only remember him in the '80s, so it was way before my time. Oh man, I, I mean, I hear like uh, like Disco Inferno, and that brings me back to the times, like I said, when I was uh, I was a youngin going to the uh, roller rinks at the Screaming Wheels. Yeah, and I'm so glad my mom never found out that I. Cause she's like, where were you? I'm like, uh, at my friend's house. No, you weren't. I'm like, yeah, I was. I'm like, dude, cover me, cover me. It's all right, man. But uh, if they, if your dad catches me, <laughs> and now uh, I mean, it's like I said, the uh, I've I've come a long way, and I appreciate everything that. Uh, there was a lot of hard knocks. There was, you know, uh, the one thing I I have to give credit to is my wife. Um, she knew who she was marrying. She knew. And she understood it. And she uh, she got that. I mean, thank, you know, she, she wasn't a jealous person. She knew people were going to come up to me. She knew uh, I had to go do pep rallies and everyone wanted to say hi or hugs or signatures or whatever. Yeah. And she was cool with it. So... And I was like, aren't, don't you, you know, and I'm trying to be a nice guy. Like, damn, aren't you getting jealous? It's, you know, and she's like, no, no, I'm not jealous. And, you know, usually followed by, remember, I know where you live. <laughs> I know where you sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Man, that's good. Come on, I know, I, know, I know you got a couple of deep, deep questions left. Oh, man. I just, I just really wanted to, like today, man. I, I feel like I've seen you, man. Like, and it's like for me, it's uh, like really cool to see people like you, bro. That, that really offer, you know, something out there to the world. That this positive, good energy behind you because you've been through a lot of downfalls, man. And like, not, not because, you, like, I'm talking about your, your, you know, your loss of, of the family, you know. And uh, that was pretty hard. Anybody could have. You know, just said, Nemo, you know, I'm not going to try hard anymore. And, and you've, you've shown, man, like I, I run into you and I've met, I think I saw you last year at a, at a convention or something. It was hot outside. You're, you're riding the buggy and you're like, Hey man, thank you. Very, uh, like you recognized me. You called me out like, Hey man, I, I, I love the show that you guys are doing the podcast. And I was like, you went out of your way to tell me that, man, that, that you were a part of that inspiration. That's why I wanted to, to bring you on, bro, that uh, you've inspired me in a, in a weird, you know, way that. Oh, anytime, dude. Because you, we've never really had like a one-on-one -on -one interaction, matter, but. And, and then I believe I ran into your brother. To Rick or Jeff. Rick. Yeah. 
I ran into Rick at an event, and he was kind of like, oh, shy. I'm like, dude, you're a Castillo, dude. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, <you're>, we're cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know one Castillo, you know them all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was me, man. That was me. I've ran and, into you twice in those last in the last couple of years. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I ran, I ran into Rick, Jeff. I haven't seen Jeff since he since boof. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm glad to see that Jeff is, is doing what he's doing and, and that, you know, that's his passion. He's happy with that. So that's, that's cool to see him, you know, you know, that he's doing this thing. And, and most importantly, that he's happy him and his, uh, little miniature baseball team. So, you know, <laughs> when we were at, when we were at the, at the at the airport like dang she's pregnant again like man dude, don't, don't you have a tv that works and if it does work what are you watching this is before social media bro this is before social media <laughs> yeah man and i, I want to i wanted to thank you man because i think when you gave me that that uh comment like that for the podcast for the weed switch podcast you, you was like hey man you guys are doing a great you know and maybe you, you told me like one of these days bring me on i was like all right, I'm gonna bring you on, but you know how things are. Like you're moving fast and you're doing your own thing, and then, but it happened today. Yeah, it happened today, and I think it everything happens when it's supposed to happen. And um, I'm a very, very strong believer on that. So the 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 thing is, is you know, and as many people as have have tried in the past, and uh, I've never saw myself as somebody that is not touchable. You know. Uh, I'll make time for anyone. I'll take, you know, if someone comes up to me, hey man, can you teach me how to do this? I will teach you how to do that. You know, if I if I can, I will. The thing is this, you know, you don't get, you don't, you, in order to advance in this life, you have to ask questions. Yes. You know, I, I believe in that. There, there, there are no stupid questions. You know, and I and like I said, if I could teach someone, I got no problem. You know, I I have great respect for people uh, like Bruce Lee. You know, they didn't want him teaching. Oh, you can't teach the Westerners our our you know martial arts, and he didn't care. Hey, you want to learn? I'll show you. Same thing, man. If you want to learn, I'll show you. I got no problem with it. You know, I I know what I can do, and you know, I I don't put myself above anybody i am not that great okay i am i'm just like any other person you know i go to work like anybody else i put on my pants the same way like everybody else mm -hmm. uh, is just my job happens to be behind a mic and I, I get to talk and i get to play music and you know like i said uh you know i i play mixes you know my mixes get played here in laredo on uh, mix it radio and I got mixes every Friday in Las Vegas, which is a blast. Now, what the future holds, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like to think I'll be going back on the air soon. Uh, Vegas wants to talk. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know I've come, kind of grown fond of being here in Laredo and having my son here and all that. So, you know. I'm the type of guy that will cheer for the underdog. That's me, bro. I love that. Yeah. And you know what? 
uh, like I said, I, you know, there's, there's certain media platforms I won't talk to because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go on their show and I don't want them to think that I'm doing them a favor. You know, it's like, no, dude, no, no. Uh, I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate, you know, trying to be different, trying to show another spectrum, another angle of everything that's out there. And that's cool. I'm down with that. Uh, anytime you call, you need, you even need a host, dude, I am there, dude. I mean, yeah, we, we can, I'll come up with some, some crazy stuff. And like I said, <laughs> we're not done. There, there's, I'm actually seriously considering about uh, sitting down and writing a book. I love that. And it's going to be called uh, My Life in Radio. What was I thinking? <laughs> there, there's so, there so many things that I, I want to, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, how did I get away with it? Uh, and there's going to be some great, and I know someone's going to make a movie of it, and I want to see it happen. I was kind of hoping Jeff might look at it and say, yeah, we can make this into a movie. You um, Everything there's, happen. there's, uh, there's chapters like uh, the blind guy driving. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. I taught a blind man to drive. I want to hear that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I. I got, I got, I think I got one more year before the statute of limitation falls off and I can, I'm not, I'm not going to use the names, but I taught a blind guy to drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Favorite I did that to see what else. Oh my God. Uh, the Before Exotica's existed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was dating a girl. She broke my heart and two of my friends said, you know what you need? You need to get out of town. You need to go to the Wild Zebra in San Antonio. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a movie but in itself, dude. <laughs> if people, if, and I ran, you know, if, if people knew what I did with that, oh my God, I, no. <laughs> so I, I got to wait one more year for the statute of limitations for that one so we can write discuss that too. Write the script, man. Dude, it is, it's, it's, it's awesome. It'd but like I said, the, the the cool thing, <clears throat> yeah, you do. You've done so much. You you've you know you've been in the trenches with you know with me and we when working at the, at the airport and you know you've had your struggle to be an educator. Uh, you've had uh, your family and you know being a dad is. A, that's a tough job, man. That is, you know, yeah. you know, and yet you want to do positive things to put Laredo in a positive light. And that's not easy. That's not easy. So <laughs> I commend you on doing that. And that is, that's awesome. Uh, don't stop what you're doing. Yes, there's going to be blocks in the way, but you know what though? If things were easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly, man. Exactly. So you got a you got a good talent, you got a good show, and you know, like I said, I I'd be I'd be more than happy, I'd be more than honored to, to jump on one more time. Oh yeah, for and, sure, for sure. And I, I would love to inter to to sit with you and and you know do interviews with you. Yeah. You know, 
uh, you know, re really off the wall stuff. Um, like I said, you're trying to make a difference, and that's that speaks, you know, volumes. Um, uh, we can wrap up with uh, Black Lives Matter, whatever. All lives matter. Uh, this month is what? Uh, uh, was it le le lesbian, uh, transsexual, freedom? I don't know, man. To be honest, <laughs> I don't know. the ra The rainbows are flying this year or this month. So, <laughs> oh man, you know, I know that. Let them fly. Let them fly. You know, I don't. You know, I. I don't. The only thing I that really sets me off is people with monster ego mm -hmm. you know, racism yeah there, there's no room for it there really isn't no. and i like i said i grew up being a minority and it's like really uh my mom told me there's only one thing worse than a racist cop and that's a mexican racist cop oh yeah because they got something to prove. I'm like, wow. And that's true. And I, I, I not here in Laredo, but up in Indiana, I've, I've, I've inquired those type of people. I'm like, wow, really? Uh, I'm not fan. I'm not a fan of racism, but. Nobody is. No. Well, at least we try not to, you know. We've, you know, that I've, Remember, we we have to sh like my son's the future. Yeah, I gotta show him not to hate. I gotta show him, you know, everyone's equal. You know, everyone ha you gotta understand ev everyone's the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, under the heaven, like Bruce Lee says, under the heavens, under the sky, we are but one family. And I don't want him to hate anyone. Exactly. Oh, uh, now if he. You know, and and the the thing is, is this, you know, he is an an uber stellar great kid. I can't ask for anything more. You know, yeah, he, he goes to school, he gets good grades. Uh, he's in GT. Uh, again, I'm 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 gonna be that dad real quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's on the all AB honor roll. You know, yeah, he's got awards for coding and. And I and then he also got an award for poetry. I'm like, dude, you did poetry? He's like, uh, I guess so. I'm like, my man, you don't even know what you entered, but you got an award for it. All right. <laughs> you know? So I, I mean, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my 2.0. So, you know, and and like I said, um, I'm trying to show him not, you know, to be equal to the world, not to hate. And like I said, I know you have. You got a lot on your plate, so yeah. You know, I commend you for for still continuing and and being positive, dude. And it takes positive energy is easy to do, but at the same time, it's one of the hardest things to do. And and you know, congratulations to you, man. You you're you're taking you're doing it like a champ, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it, champion, babe. <laughs> Hey man, uh, thanks, Cubs. For, anyway. thanks for the kind words, bro. Um, I really appreciate you spending time with me today and, and recording this episode. Um, 
check out Mr. Spinning Chris Garza, aka Juan Blasco, at 98.1 Country. Big Country is called now, right? What's it called? Uh, Big Buck Big Country, Buck. 98.1. Big Or Buck. you can go to 22.3 TakeoverVegasRadio.com. There you go. Hey, man, I really want to look forward to that one, though. Uh, the one from the Vegas one on Fridays. Is it on- online, too? It is online. Uh, you And you can, there's like six avenues you can stream from Stream Finder, uh, Mixer. Um, uh, you can go to Google Play, and you can see all. There's, there's like six different links to it. Oh, um, cool. It's 5 o'clock Vegas time, 7 o'clock Laredo time. Okay, yeah, because they're two hours behind us, right? Right. That's true. So I, I do the mix now. I do the mix right now, and then uh, basically I send it over there uh, via SoundCloud, and then they upload it in Vegas, and then they play it in Vegas. And then everyone dances while, while my mixes are going. So it's all like, dang, that's bad. Has. I, I, I want to check that out for real. Support. <laughs> But yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, it was a great story. Anytime, I know dude. We're gonna, Anytime. I'm going to bring you back again one of these days just to like chat it up and see what's going on. But um, yeah, man, thank you so much. If you look at the logo behind me, you can see it. Uh-huh. That means that means love right there. <laughs> That's what it means. That I actually recorded my voice and uh, sent it to my homeboy, Sketch, Sketch83. He's a part of the oh, yeah. podcast. And he designed that for me, this this logo. So it means E for Eric, and then love is a, the frequency. And that's behind me. So that's what the show's all about, man. And it's all about showing love to all the people that come on and, and try to spread energy. That's, that's, that's uh, you know? Hello? Sweet. Yeah, man. So okay. thank you so much. All right. Appreciate Anytime, that. dude. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, one final, final thought uh, that you want to share with the listeners, man. Something positive out there. Just like one, one pure thought that you want to share. Oof. Something, uh, some, a good one. A good, a good frequency you want to shout out to the world and the universe. Hmm. Success has many values, money, uh, physical, uh, you know, there's so many avenues for it, but success in the end ultimately is what makes you happy. And if you include your family with it, that's a great thing. Beautiful, 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 man. Thank you so much, bro. Sharing your frequencies with me. Anytime, sir. man. Anytime. Check out the show, Infinite Talks with Eric Castillo and We The Switch podcast with Mr. Happy Oscar, which uh, is in the background right now. He's actually in his own studio working on the on the episode that we're going to drop sometime in, Jan- in June. I was going to say January. No, but sometime in June, we're going to drop the first episode. And it's, uh, it's going to be pretty good, man. So I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a link when it comes out. And this one with you. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> He's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> My son just came in right now, too. And I, the the podcast episode I'll share with you when it comes out for a few interviews so you can check it out. 
and share it with your homies. All right, that'll work. Family. What's your son's name? Chris. What's up, Chris? The real Chris. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. Chris 2.0. Woo! <laughs> this is a better version of the old man. So yes, upgrade, upgrade. Yeah, one thing I heard today. Well, thank you uh, so much, man. Anytime, dude. Anytime. All right, brother. Thank you so much for today. Stay blessed. Stay love and stay happiness, man. Keep on doing your good things. All right. Thank you for today. Thank you. You too. You too, right. man. Have a great one, man. Peace out.